What is up, distinguished members of the Holy Alliance? Welcome back <laughs> to another episode of Weird Albums. I'm one of your hosts, Jay Shanoin. With me, as always, is my co-host, Jay, from our sister podcast, Masters of None. What's up, buddy? What's going on? This album has led me to drink, Jay. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We have... <laughs> An exciting announcement for the top of this episode. We are we are no longer linked by a family tree to Masters of None. We are an independent, strong independent woman podcast. Throw your hands up at me. Hashtag Destiny's Child. <laughs> well, we're still on the. Well, we're still going to be coming out of the Masters of None feed as we were, but we also have our Beautiful. own feed now. We're on all the all the podcast apps: Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We have our own feed now. Because we're fancy, that's what we do. Oh, look at that! And if you wanna shoot us, shoot us an electronic mail message. You have an option. Weirdalbums at gmail.com was not taken. Right, it was taken on Twitter somehow, but yet not on Gmail. Go figure. So yeah, exciting, exciting developments, news, more places that you can find us. Also exciting that I wanted to go over with you, Jay. As of the end of our previous episode, that was album number seven. We're going to talk about album number eight, Owl Palooza, 1993, this evening. Uh, we are halfway through the Cat Al log. I know. This is I think wild. that's exciting and a little sad. By the way, too, if you go subscribe to us, even if you listen to us on the Masters of None feed, go subscribe to us on the other ones, especially Apple Podcasts. And if you could, you know, give us a five-star rating, write a little blurb, it helps us. And, you know, maybe we'll blow up huge. We're going to be the next Joe Rogan, I feel like. I'm not that interested in being the next Joe Rogan. <laughs> Could we be like Joe Rogan parodies? Like a parody of Joe Rogan? I think even think that's rote at this point. You think? I'm not that interested in being the next <laughs> Joe Rogan. Have you seen that uh, the parody of Joe Rogan? Who, who did it? It was Tim Heidecker. And yeah, the guy from Tim and Eric. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and he did like an like what was it like hours long, and it was just him. I forget if it's 12 or 24 hours, but it's a <laughs> loop of the same hour, I'm pretty sure, of, of footage. Yeah, That's pretty damn amazing. That is commitment right there to the art. But yeah, we're halfway through. And man, I don't know about you, Jay, but like I said, this album has led me to drinking. I was not prepared for this. I did not see this coming at all. I'm shocked. Is that in a, I'm appalled. In a good or a, or a bad way? In a bad way. Oh, no. And I feel like the penance we're about to do at the end of the show is appropriate for this album. Because, spoiler alert again, this is my least favorite album yet. Oh, dear. I don't know if you feel the same, but wow. A little... Well, I'll tell I don't feel great. We can we can certainly get that spoiler <laughs> out of the way. But I'm not, I'm not coming in uh, as, as happy with my listening experience as I have in previous weeks. Which is crazy because I remember the you know the artwork for this album is like you know the Weird Al version of the Jurassic Park logo. It's pretty iconic when you're yes. flipping through that Weird Al section yes. of the CD store. Yeah, like one of I feel like almost aside from like the couple like two or three like a, most the like the first albums, I feel like this is like the most iconic cover. And it's very I remember recognizable it, for sure. Yeah, I remember it fondly and. It's crazy, and we'll get into it when we get into the tracks, but the thing I remember most from this album is not, like, the lead thing on it, and it's not, it's it's just crazy. Like, it's not the thing I remember most about it. You know what else is kind no, of nuts? There's... I forgot to turn my heat off again. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of weird, weird Al things going on here. 
We can we can go over a couple before we get into discussing track by track. This album itself, we mentioned in the previous episode, he did another wait one year, crank out another album, trying to thinking he had gotten back in his groove with his Nirvana success. Mm-hmm. Thought let's try to crank him out like the hit factory I was in the eighties. And it suffers a bit. Also, by the time he was done recording off the deep end, he had all of the originals written for this album. Hmm. And one of the critiques that people have thrown at it is that it seems kind of out of touch with the music of the day. Yeah, there's at least two tracks on here that are way dated for the time that it came out. And I was quite shocked to hear them. So how I don't know how you go into them, Jay. Do you do any research before you listen to them or you just go into them blind? I don't really, before I listen to it, I don't really read that much about it. And that usually comes at the very end, like just a couple days before we record, I'll start actually reading up on them. I listened to them several times throughout the week and back in, in February, I have already listened to all of them Mm -hmm. in their entirety fairly recently. So, so my process as an artiste, as a podcast artiste, altiste, I should say, is I, like I said, you, you've listened to all these in February because you did the whole month, but I, I'm uh, just going in. Allier is what it's called, but. Assume Allier. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, I'll drink to that. That was a Allier. So I just go in, like I said, I haven't listened to these things in years and years. So I just go in, usually right after we record. So we record, spoiler alert, on Thursdays. And then after we do it, I'm amped up. And then the next day, I'm like taking a shower in the morning. I'm like, oh, I should listen to the next Weird Al album in the morning. I'm like, I don't want to listen to it now. It's too early in the week. Like, I want to wait till I get closer. So I'll be like psyched to talk about it. And I had a busy week. So I listened to it today and just blind again. I, I don't prep anything before. I like to listen to it and then go do a little research. And oh, man, I can't believe how disappointed I was. I had such a busy week. Like I was listening to it today. I like barely even got through it in time and edited the clip. Somebody sent theirs in late that they wanted, but that's another story for another day. Uh, I'm and... going to continue to blame Gmail. <laughs> I don't know why you signed us up for it. Send us an email, weirdalbums at gmail.com. Please, questions, comments. Tell us why you hate Gmail so much. We want to hear from you. Hate that platform. Awful. <laughs> so, I yeah. swear I sent that email around 8.30 p.m. and it didn't send for like four hours. <laughs> So yeah, I was confused, shocked, appalled, so many adjectives, and I don't know. I, I'm, I, I, I was really shocked, because I, like well, I said, you like mentioned I said, I remember our penance, that we're going to Yeah, we're going to do our penance, which is going to be... We're going to literally get this taste out of our mouths. We're going <laughs> to... This should have happened, this should have happened a few episodes back, when uh, we the did UHF the... UHF album, yep. The UHF soundtrack... Couple reasons that it didn't happen on that episode. One, I don't know that having a guest like Ken Reed that we did for that episode will go over as smoothly. If you go, by the way, we're going to make you eat a questionable food item. (laughs) I think Ken would have been down for it. He probably would have. Yeah. But also, I'm not too embarrassed to admit that I was going through some dental trauma at the time and wasn't really eating solid food. So when you said to me, hey... Just like he does in the movie, I think we should eat Twinkie Wiener sandwiches live on the show. I said, thank you so much for the only opportunity to have a positive spin when I say the sentence, I am not currently able to eat solid foods. (laughs) 
So we yeah. just waited a couple episodes, and I had to go to three different stores to find Easy Cheese, and I still couldn't find it, but I got a can full of great value brand Cheese Wow cheddar flavored, and we are going to be eating Twinkie Wiener sandwiches from the UHF yes. film at the as, end of the episode. As teased weeks and weeks and months ago on at Weird Albums on Instagram. Now, you definitely added those glasses to your can of Easy Cheese, right? I did not. Shut the hell up. <laughs> Cheese Wow just has those glasses. That's why when someone was like, oh, it's Jay, I was like, it's just the Pringles guy with astigmatism. It is, I didn't do that. So you managed to find the one can of off-brand Easy Cheese at Walmart that had the exact same pair of glasses on the weird cheese face as you that, own. That has my glasses what? and my mustache from a couple weeks ago, actually. This is more insane than us both Coming up with gravy, gravy as the Amy Grant cover last. You know, I went to to several different <laughs> stores looking for Easy Cheese. Destiny put Cheese Wow in my path. That's what happened. <laughs> is that what it's called? Cheese. We should get sponsored by Cheese Wow. I feel like Cheese Wow. It is great value brand. So it's Walmart's like knockoff Easy Cheese. And I love that Walmart is the place. I was like, I knew you would have my back, Walmart. I wanted room temperature <laughs> cheese in a can. And every other supermarket in my area was like. God, no. And I was like, I mean, that's fair, but I need it for something. <laughs> Dude, I tell you what, I I found it at the first supermarket I went to, and it was five bucks for a can. I was like, what? Wow. What kind of bougie, it's popular in your area. What kind of bougie spray cheese is this? <laughs> $5? <laughs> what is this, fit for a king? Like, is he putting this on his turkey leg while he guillotines peasants? What are you is kidding Is it me? like the five Zoomer bucks? avocado toast? Is that? I don't know. Man. Is it becoming maybe really maybe trendy? Maybe it's like vegan, organic, easy cheese, grass-fed, easy cheese. Is it the same as handy snacks? I was trying to figure that out today. I think it's about the same, right? <laughs> what are handy snacks? The little what bread kind of sticks. Brothels the, are you going to? <laughs> in the plastic rectangle. It's the little bread sticks. You rip it open. It's got the orange cheese in the square. You dip it in. It's like Dunkaroos, but savory. <laughs> but with cheese. Yeah, it's craft, craft handy snacks. Right. Back me up, '90s kids. Wait, are they the little sticks, like little cracker yes. sticks? Okay, and they, they, didn't they have a pretzel version too? I feel like. Yeah, I believe they okay. did. All right, but I didn't know they were called handy snacks. <laughs> They're called handy snacks. That sounds like a whole different snack. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got to take the Weird Al podcast there? All right, let's get into this album. Let's cause... jump into track one. We have. A parody of the song MacArthur Park. What's that? You say you're not familiar with it. <laughs> I feel like if this is like this whole album is like Weird Al's version of somebody paid him to like throw the album. <laughs> like before off the deep end, they were like, I bet you can't make another hit. And he was like, I'll show you. And they were like, wow, you can do anything. You just can't fail. And he's like, I'll show you. Some guy in a zoot suit and a fedora was like, Weird Al, you're going down in the sixth, you understand? <laughs> it's a parody of MacArthur Park by Richard Harris. What the I don't hell know happened? it either. All right, let's listen to this abomination. Jurassic Park is frightening in the dark. All the dinosaurs are running wild. Someone shut the fence off in the rain. Chaos theory, and I don't think I'll be coming back again. 
got to be some sort of conspiracy going on here. I think like after <laughs> Off the Deep End was so huge, who's who's Nirvana's record label? I feel like they're behind this. Do you think the success was too much for him? He went on like a crazy Coke binge and then... I don't know. How? Why? What? Literally this Coca-Cola. Is a worst He's a very innocent, lovable man. This is a worse leadoff choice than living with a hernia. Uh, absolutely it is. Somebody so, paid him to tank this. <laughs> I'm the story you. behind it that I know is that his inspiration to do this was obviously the success of Jurassic Park, but he was looking back on his success with the song Yoda, where he had put the plot of a popular movie to an older song. It didn't need to be a hit, but it was Lola by the Kinks. It was not MacArthur Park by Richard Harris. What? Why? I don't understand. There's also very long stretches of like instrumental and stuff in that song. They put like dinosaur sounds and screaming over it. But in any Weird Al parody, if there is a long instrumental stretch, it's usually not that fun because that's not why you're listening to Weird Al is to hear the music of the songs. What year did that song come out? Do you even know? It's like a 60s song. 70s? It's... I mean, came out in nineteen sixty. Yes, Jurassic Park, huge, but man, what a terrible dated. How do you go from Nirvana, which was like the hottest, like world changing song of all time, to like the most dated, corniest, cheesiest song you could possibly think of? Just because the word park is in the name, it's no. I wish you could see. Come on. Jay's face right now, everybody. He legitimately cannot comprehend. I am watching legitimate befuddlement. <laughs> I, I'm what? so mad about it. Yeah, you are. I didn't even know unhappy. the name of this. I'm like, I kind of know what this song is, but I don't even know the song. Like, that's how. That's a bad feeling when yeah. you do the, the blind first listen and you throw up question marks on something. For the, the lead single, the first track on the album. Dude, what the hell? There's got to be something else to play. We should do another podcast about figuring out what really what really happened here. Something is a something foul is afoot at this this Cirque Al K. So you're not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hold on to our butts and move on to track number two, <laughs> which is Young, Dumb, and Ugly. Uh, Wikipedia says style parody or pistachio, as you like to say, of ACDC. I. I definitely hear ACDC. I hear a little bit of like Motley Crue in here. This is like a hair metal anthem. True and true. This is not any ACDC. What are you kidding me? All right, let's listen. I think that opening moment with the the riff and then just the bass drum coming in and and the bass is, it's very, it's that ACDC lead off. But I feel like it's, it's definitely not the razor sharp precision of the track two style parody that we are accustomed to. Let's listen to Young, Dumb, and Ugly. We got a reputation around these parts. We only leave a temple sin tip. Sometimes we don't return our shopping carts. Stay out of our way and don't you give us no lip because we're young. Dumb and ugly. That's what we are. We're so young. This is another one of those examples where he can't really do the voice right. He's struggling to hit the notes. And that is, it's definitely way more hair metal than ACDC. Like, 
I would love a straight up like hardcore ACDC parody from Al. That seems like it would be easy to do. But he instead goes for that like falsetto-y like hair metal vibe, which he can't really nail. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's again, it's it's too vague. It's it we're sitting here trying to figure out who the track to style parody is specifically supposed to be. That shouldn't be the case. No, and they're usually very strong too. I when I was a kid, I did like this song more more than I have the last several times I've I've listened to it. I really used to like the we squeeze our toothpaste tubes from the middle line about the <laughs> yeah. the unlawful ruffians that this song is about. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's a it's a filler track and there's several of those here. Yeah, this is like a track 11, you know, 8 at best. And I'm not I'm not mad like Jay, okay? And I hope you can hear that in my voice <laughs> that I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm weird dad for this album. <laughs> nice. That's fair. And also, what was, what year was this? 94, 3? 93. Like hair metal was dead at this point, man. Right? That's we can keep coming back to yeah. this point that I brought up at the top because it, it, it really is going to yeah, be that's... relevant. He does, for the first time in his career, I think, sound a little bit out of touch with what music sounded like in 93. And making it even more strange is how hard his finger was on the pulse with Nirvana. the year previous yeah. with Nirvana. Nirvana literally killed hair metal. And then he's like, yeah, track two, hair metal. What? Right. Like you should have had it on the last album. And that's two dated styles of music to lead off your album. Like, that's recipe for disaster. I would assume this album bombed, right? And this was like the end of Act 2 out of 4 or 6 or 5? It was definitely not as successful as the previous ones. Off the Deep End was his most successful and best-selling album since In 3D. And I mean, what what I think he had going for him was that MTV was still huge at that point. And then this next track, the video for this, was huge. Again, like off the deep end, like the Nirvana one was. And that must be the only thing that saved this album. Because this is what I remember. I couldn't, I could not believe that this was track three and not track one on this album. Because This really should have been track one. Uh, this is course. your, I actually am paying attention to the music that's coming out right yeah, now. Yeah, and this is... This is a killer. Let's let's hear Bedrock Anthem. That's my pick for uh, my favorite parody by by a hair by a by a brontosaurus rib just tips my my car over just enough. So I don't love this song. Okay. And before we get into why, I want to get into someone else's story about not loving this song. A few episodes ago, I was talking about the behind the music episode. If you went back and watched that, you might remember when they're talking about this album and how it critically did not perform as well as the ones around it. Flee. From Red Hot Chili Peppers is talking about this album and about this song specifically. And he says he feels like Al phoned it in and like he didn't 
you know, everybody has missteps except for me, he actually says in this interview. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And he not. blames Weird Al <laughs> and says he thinks it was a dud. He said he thinks it was yabba-dabba-doo, it wasn't that good. And I am here to tell you the problem here is the source material. <laughs> Fuck you, Flea. Fuck you, Red Hot Whoa. Chili Peppers. Fuck that band, motherfuckers. That band is god-awful. Go back to California and cry to your brothers for saving you from the demons in your spoon, you sacks of shit. Oh, man. That's a lot of hand fart editing. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the work that I just, I just made for you. And also, if my neighbors can still hear me, please don't call the police. We're recording a Weird Al podcast, and I need to eat a canned cheese Twinkie dog in a little bit. That is a ridiculous statement by Flea because literally all their lyrics are yabba dabba doo, essentially. That's why I he know. did it, Flea. That is legitimately what your band sounds like. That's why that's... it's genius in, to me. The rest of the lyrics aren't great, but to take a Chili Pepper song and just throw yabba dabba doo now is so perfect because that's... And there are some lines that he fits into yes. like the dumb white guy rapping that Anthony Kiedis does because I really do hate that band. <laughs> those guys sorry one more one more oh, oh. <laughs> this is turning into a sopranos podcast <laughs> but it is i do think it's a <laughs> sopranos podcast oh i do think it is a <laughs> it's my brooklyn Andrew Dice clay podcast <laughs> i do think it is a good parody of an awful song by a yes. terrible band I agree, and I love the fact that he does the soul to squeeze, or not soul to squeeze, the um, the under the bridge intro, and then it kicks into the give it away parody. I love that too. Oh, I agree, and I think he proves the concept of doing that kind of like a a dual mm-hmm. parody after the huge misstep with the Millie Vanilli on the previous. I can't, I can't believe that this was track three and not the lead single. Because the video is it's, also amazing. It's odd. The video is also amazing. And it had the the big deal video. I think part of the reason Jurassic Park did get that lead off is because it does also have an incredible claymation video that I think won like an Oscar or something. Did it? Why do I not even uh, remember that? You gotta look this up, man. Yeah. What? Yeah. Holy crap! After. And all of you as well, go look up the Jurassic Park video. It is phenomenal. Whoa, it's, dude, honestly. It's I... the reason to tolerate that song. All right, let's get into track four, which is both of ours, Jay, favorite. Did we both decide that this is our favorite is... original on this album? I was torn between this and and at least one other one, but ultimately, yeah, it's got to be track four, yeah. Frank's 2002. There's another one I liked a good amount but this is definitely the best song on here and it's just a fun jangly pop song and it's funny because it's like it kind of reminds me of like rem a little bit i don't know like I, I didn't have any time to research anything for this but i don't know the wikipedia it... page says style parody of rem's early work i do feel like it's kind of just that that early radio alternative yeah kind of sound. also i thought Peter Gabriel until I heard another song later on the album, which is way more Peter Correct. Gabriel. Yeah. Than this. Also, Bare Naked yeah. Ladies, I thought of this too. But I think this is probably pre Bare Naked Ladies ever getting popular as well. But it has definitely them ever getting popular. They they I think were were around this early in the nineties and this would have been like their their kind of underground Canadian success. Yeah, they were still up in Buffalo in Canada at that point. But yeah, it definitely has that vibe too. So let's listen to Frank's two thousand inch TV. What a lucky guy I hear. 
rest in my Peter Gabriel thing that I was thinking bare naked ladies, not Peter Gabriel. So I had, I had Peter Gabriel on the mind from later. The he does this frequently. The Fantastic Plastics brought it up in their episode way back when. His vocal harmonies in a lot of his catalog are incredible mm-hmm. on this song in particular. He does a lot of his own like backup vocals and <laughs> yeah, harmonizing. <laughs> Sometimes you'll hear a bandmate in there, but there's also like four or five of Al harmonizing yep. with himself. <laughs> incredible. This whole song, great. But my favorite moment is there's a part where he says, the picture's crystal clear and everything is magnified. And then he says... Robert De Niro's mole has got to be 10 feet wide. But then like eight (laughs) more of him sing just the Robert De Niro's mole part. What you got to realize, if you've never recorded music, if you've never been in a studio, mixed or mastered anything, that like three seconds that you hear in that song is actually like at least half an hour of Al standing in the recording booth going... Doing the first one, the Robert De Niro's mole, and then they go, okay, that's pretty good. And they do another one, and he goes, Robert De Niro's mole, and they go, okay, that's pretty good. And then he goes, Robert De Niro's mole. <laughs> you got to do that so many times, and I love that those are the words that he had to repeat so many times. Jay, take a guess. So you know how TVs are measured in like the diagonal? Like the diagonal is the inches. Like if it's a 55-inch yes. TV, they measure it diagonally. So I'm assuming uh-huh. that... The 2,000-inch TV was measured diagonally. I did the math. I transferred it into feet. because To try to get dimensions of the 2,000-inch yes, TV. Of this TV. So uh, if you wanted to install a 2,000-inch TV in your home, how many feet wide by feet tall do you think this TV would be if it was 2,000 inches diagonal? I'll say it's uh, 192 feet, feet wide. wide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, well, what's the aspect ratio? <laughs> Let's say it's your standard rectangular, like LCD-style TV. Oh, not in 1993, my friend. What kind of budget <laughs> well, does great Frank point, have? I'm yeah. saying a modern, modern day. By, I'll say, 99 <laughs> feet. So it would be 140 feet wide by 81 feet tall. <laughs> okay. If you think about it, like, you're like, oh, yeah, like 2,000 inches, that's not much. But, yeah, no, it's gigantic. I don't think I thought that at all. No? No. Yeah, I mean, I go, all right, my TV's 55 inches that I'm looking at. All right, you do that again, and it's 100. Maybe and it's because you... I had my annual physical this year, and they told me that I am 70 inches tall. Yeah, okay. I like that. But yeah, that's a big-ass TV, and I like it. It's a great song. They also asked me what my my regular diet is like if it's good, and I told them, yeah, it's usually good. I feel like I should mention that tonight I plan on eating a hot dog that I'm going to put inside of a Twinkie and then put Easy Cheese on top of it. And the doctor, like, he basically turned Y into a two-syllable word because he started saying Y and then stopped himself. And then he just told me that I should probably make another appointment for tomorrow on my way out, which, ha, Dr. Humor. All right. Track five. I really don't like this one. Oh, I do like this one. You do like this one? All right, I let's do. listen to it, and then we'll discuss. But Mr. DJ, please, I'm begging on my knees. I just can't take no more of Billy Ray. Don't play that song, that achy-breaky song, the most annoying song I know. And if you play that song, that achy-breaky song, I might blow up my radio. 
hand fart solo is the only redeeming part of this song, I think, but it's buried in the mix, Jay. Man, it's not just hand farts, though. There are belches in there. It's like the whole human body is giving you a Billy Ray Cyrus symphony. But they're buried in the mix. Rick Derringer, at least, would have put those up front. <laughs> that's, the one, that's the one thing I miss about Rick Derringer. Wow. Wow. That is harsh words. He thinks that you're dropping the ball in your own production, Al. He's calling <laughs> out your production abilities. <laughs> Again, it's only the second one he's produced, but you got to put those hand farts up front in the mix, Al. Come on, man. I was sitting here going, if he does not put the hand fart belch hoedown breakdown in this <laughs> clip, because that's the only leg I got to stand on, basically, to defend this song. I do like the meta aspect of it, where it's kind of like he did to Nirvana. It's the song about how that song was everywhere in the early 90s, and it was... I don't know that 93 was so much. He's not so much making fun of like the in-depth parts of the song as just saying like the song's not good. Like it's not clever and it's he's using most of the like the hook is the lyrics of the song except he just puts achy breaky song instead of heart. It's it's lazy. <laughs> it's lazy, Jay, Jason. It's not it's, it's hold on, I am not the <laughs> Jason here, sir. Oh, do you not like that? I'm sorry. Because that's not my name. I don't go around stealing other people's names and allowing them to call me that. You want more cusses to edit out? Because this is how you get them. I love that this this podcast series is going to be a deterioration of our like already marginal friendship that we've had when we started. Uh, yeah, you're gonna let to you're gonna get to listen to it blossom and deteriorate over the course of a Weird Al podcast. You will hear us become closer friends and then decide that we hate each other. By the way, if you heard a hand fart while I was just laughing just then, it was not a hand. <laughs> All right. As we are at halftime in this whole series, I think this is the halftime of the album as well. So I think this is a great time for me to go turn on the hot water, the, get the water boiling for our Twinkie Wiener sandwiches. All right. I like the so, constant reminders and, and teases. All right. So I'm going to go do that. And while I do that, we're going to listen to track six, which is called Traffic Jam, Weird Al Original. No AC and the radio broke. Guys, my name is J-A-Y. That's what it says on my birth certificate. His name is Jason, and I made like a joke out of it. Like I acted like it was okay for him to go, oh, hey, buddy, I didn't, you got your hot dog started? Great. Looking forward to that. So that's that's track six. That's called Traffic Jam Wikipedia. I'm back. Says, what were you talking about? It is uh, uh, the clip ended, and I'm just oh, cool. telling that's him about Traffic Jam, saying? which is a style parody cool. of You didn't say anything Prince else, right, about me, what, like behind my back or anything? No, I'm about to talk about oh, cool. how, how Traffic Jam awesome. is cool. Let's talk about traffic real jam. close yeah. to, totally. feels like Super Let's 80s. Go Crazy really? specifically to yeah. me for like Prince what? and the Revolution. 
Oh, you know what I thought of was uh, that 80s song, The Neutron Dance. I'm just burning, doing the neutron. Oh, it's a little bit of that. Sure. See, I really like this song. This was one of the other ones that I almost selected as my favorite original. Because it was not mine. Okay. Why do you like it? I like it a lot because it it does to me sound a lot like like Prince and specifically Let's Go Crazy. Uh, and I I'm a big fan of Prince and I like that style. And I as we talked about when he does the I also think this should have been your track two kind of obvious style parody for the songs that you have here. Even if he is going for a Purple Rain thing here, that was 1984. This is still ten years too late. Yeah. Regardless of what hundred percent. What you're trying to rip off. I do think this should have been the, the more obvious. Yeah, it should have been Bedrock here. Anthem, Traffic Jam, Frank's two thousand inch TV, probably the first three songs. And then that's it. Just three track album and we're good. <laughs> it's an EP. It's less than an EP. It's an AP. It's an LP. Uh I do like this one, and like we said about Dog Eat Dog and when he went to Office Culture, which was a kind of a cliche and a well-worn topic of humor for a lot of other people. Al hadn't touched it, and it was was fun to hear him do so. I feel like Traffic, yes, this is worse of a cliche. This is eye-roll worthy. Sure, there's a a bit, are you seriously writing a song about Traffic now, Al? But... (laughs) I think he does well with it. I like I like the I think it's a traffic jam. Oh, I see what you did there. All right. Track seven. I don't know what the hell this is supposed to be. It's kind of an original what does it say for the style parody on this? Talk This super. I believe says original because it it is uh legitimately an original. This is talk soup. Go ahead, play your clip. Yeah, I don't have a clip for this joke. You don't have a clip it for sucks. this. One. That's why. Uh the story behind it is that it was supposed to be the theme song for the show Talk Soup on... In UHF? No, on E! Entertainment Television in real life. They, like, hired him to write write the theme song, and this was what he came up with. And I actually, in my digging for this episode, found lists of uh, people listing their favorite Al records and everything, and they'll talk about specific ones. Someone said about this that it's... It really is his big sellout record. I was like, yeah, he's such a shill for the man. Yeah, look at him putting the song he wrote for a TV show that was so bad it got rejected, and then he just threw it on his <laughs> album. What a sellout. <laughs> Isn't that like literally the opposite of a sellout? That's this like- is a, a topic he'll come back to later in his career with much greater success. I don't hate this song. I don't think it's bad. Yeah, it's not even worth a play. It's one of the better ones on this album. I disagree. Which, but that's well, fine. I mean, that's not really a compliment. I will agree, though, that this next parody is good because it's your pick for favorite parody on this album. It's uh, track sure eight, living, living in the Fridge. There's something gross in the fridge today. It's green and growing hair. It's been there since July. If you can name the object It's a great parody, and it. I picked 
Bedrock Anthem because it's I like the Chili Peppers more, and I hate Aerosmith so much that I couldn't really? even bear to pick. <laughs> I love Aerosmith. Aerosmith really? was my second concert, and the first one that I that I asked to go to. We we talked about Amy Grant in the previous one. Please don't anyone try to hack into any email passwords with me telling you all the concerts I've ever been to. <laughs> they, they tell you those are hints you shouldn't tell people. Yeah, it was the second one was Aerosmith. I'm a longtime Aerosmith fan. I even still love and defend 80s Aerosmith when I'm older. I like, I like this era of Aerosmith. What really nails this song for me is his attention to detail, as is usually the case. Backup vocals are hilarious throughout to me. The mm-hmm. dysentery is so funny. And him just absolutely nailing the little Steven Tyler mannerisms. How yes. just before every chorus kicks in, he goes, yep, is <laughs> absolutely hysterical to me. And it's a great topic. It's who can't relate to just stuff that's been living in your fridge growing mold. I mean, and that's for like all the food songs life. he had done, he had never tackled the deterioration aspect. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's great. It's a great idea. It's unique. It's not been done. The music's on point as it always is, and he kills the vocals too. It's going back to, it's in his range, and he nails it. He totally nails the Steven Tyler voice. And it's 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 pitch perfect. So it's only it only came in as my number two because I don't like Aerosmith. <laughs> well, that's fine. I think we all know how I feel about Red Hot Chili Peppers at this point. That's so. fine. You're from you're from New England, dude. You have to like Aerosmith. It's in your blood. That's true. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the Red Sox, but we do. You have to pick one, and I went with Aerosmith. <laughs> totally hey, so fair. since we're getting closer to like the the tail end of the album, my my dog was already kind of warm, but I do need to go. We've been talking for a while. I need to go get it ready for us to. Why end don't of that you episode. do that, and I'll play the next clip of uh, "She Never Told Me She Was a Mime." Sounds great because I don't really care about this track to talk about it. <laughs> She never told me she was a mime. I enjoyed that one. It's kind of a one-trick pony, in my opinion. But I, I think it's a funny concept. It's not not really a pistachio of anything in specific. Just kind of a weird Al original, right? Did it say it was a, a style parody of anything? Uh, no, this says original, original. on the Wikipedia yeah. page. I think it's a little boring. It does definitely have it that is, style yeah, it's one, it's that, that one he likes note. to go to, but it's yeah. not as well-written of a song as he usually gives you. There's a couple of funny lines in there, like being the trapped in the box and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's it's one note, but I enjoy it. Again, not great, not bad. It's just kind of like a C plus, B minus. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't, when my first listen is always pure and entire, but on subsequent listens, I know that I did not listen to this one every time. When I started skipping tracks, this was definitely one of them. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go throw my wiener into the pot uh, while we listen to Harvey the Wonder Hamster, our wild card track. As we previously mentioned, hamsters become kind of a thing for Al. He talks about them a lot. Harvey 
the Wonder Hamsters a song from LTV, and he would, would later be a character on the Weird Al show when that was a TV program. He's a big fan of hamsters. They're kind of a, a frequent recurrence. And as a, as a hamster owner, I currently have my beloved Hammy Davis Jr. in the other room. My previous one was a female. Her name was Hammy Faye Baker. Before that, we had MC Hamster. <laughs> Did you see the Tammy Faye Baker movie? I have not. No, I've actually done a show with her son, with their son, Jay Baker, who is what? a he's a liberal preacher, and he's a really cool dude. I mean, it definitely paints her in a nice light. And he, I mean, Jessica Chastain. He is very defensive of her. And when I told the crowd about Hammy Faye Baker and made that pun, he got on the mic afterwards and said that that was the nicest, most innocent and like genuine kind hearted joke that he had ever heard about his mom (laughs) and not mean spirited at all. So I was really happy that I was kind of able to make him chuckle on something that I'm sure is a real sore subject when when that's your mom and the way the media is always painting her. All right. So that's Harvey the Wonder Hamster. Track 11. The less funny redheaded stepchild of King of Suede, and it's called the Waffle King. You'll never find a batter any better in this whole stinking town. One little bite, and I'm sure that you'll agree. Your eyes roll back and your knees get weak. Ah, you're gonna lick your plate clean. Waffle King. I mean, he nails it on the the Peter Gabriel style with the music and everything, but just not as good as the King of Suede, in my opinion. What do you think? It's like a like a sequel that's not as great. I agree with that assessment totally. Yeah, I do think it's a great style parody of Peter Gabriel. I mm-hmm. think you took this could have worked as your track two recognizable style parody as well because it is. Certainly more recognizable as a specific artist than Young, Dumb, and Ugly. And I don't think it's... It's not very funny. It's awful, but it's... <laughs> it is definitely similar to, like, King of Suede and feels like a couple other things he's done before, and this is the worst of all of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or the weakest, I should say. I don't I don't want to throw words like worst around because, again, I'm not mad. I just... <laughs> I expect better. You just And I expect better than our final track on the album, which is our polka. And guess what, Jay? It's it's weird that it the polka is track twelve, and it's and it makes sense because this is my least favorite polka ever, and I don't even have a clip of it. God damn! <clears throat> I almost cussed. You did cuss. That that counts. You're gonna have to <laughs> go fart yourself. So uh, don't you don't you don't clip. need to have a clip. We might have to pay licensing rights if we play a clip of this song because it's not really even the polka you have come to know and love from Al. It's It's just a cover of Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen (sighs) in polka style. It's a cover. It's not Why? Why? (laughs) Uh, And this is kind of how I feel about Hot Rocks polka as well, although to a far lesser degree. I get it, but this is even worse than that. It's like lazier. It's just one this is song by far. Yes, Ugh. and it's 
It's low effort for sure. You you definitely nailed it with that assessment that it's it's lazy. It's a little lazy. It's very lazy. You've you've established a, a thing that you do. We looked the other way while you rolling stoned. We were fine with it. No, I looked up because it was great. It was up high on a pedestal. He is eyes. a huge Rolling Stones fan. We've heard them pop up a lot in this discography through through the eighties. But yeah, I to just do one song and for the only explanation I can really think of is that like Bohemian Rhapsody had that big early nineties resurgence because of Wayne's world. Although what makes yeah. that weird to me that you would stick that on here is listen to this little bit of backstory. I was only kidding from the previous album off the deep end. He had written with this like other batch of originals that wound up being on this album and had planned it to be one for the next album, but was worried that the joke in, I was only kidding where he says, I really love you, baby. Not would not be relevant anymore if he waited because of the the Wayne's World tie. Oh, but did he do that before the Wayne's World movie came out, or like while well, it was still like a hot Saturday Night Live? It was joke. still a hot thing, and he was but like, I, I got to make sure, though? I got to make sure I get the not joke in there because I think the movie was already out and everything. Oh man! But then now for for this one, if your reason for not putting this is my point for not putting that song on this album was it makes a reference to Wayne's World. Why are you ending it with your cover of the song that is only relevant again because of Wayne's World, which is now even further in the past? I also think it was an afterthought slash he wasn't stoked about it and therefore put it at the end of the album because we've never seen a polka at the end of the album before. I feel like he's always no, proud of them. No, but it's also usually so good. Yeah, they're way up in the track list usually. At least halfway up for the most part. And now it's like at the end, it's like, I don't know about this one, I'll just put it at the end. And he's usually so good about ending the album on a high note. We don't have an epic. There's no epic song. There's hardly any death. There's like maybe one death. There's no bigger, more epic song than Bohemian Rhapsody, maybe, but that's not what we're talking about. No, we want an Al epic. we want. We don't want Freddie Mercury's epic. We can have that. No. I have a Night at the Opera on vinyl. I'll put that on, Al. (laughs) I want a Night at the Alpera. That's what I want. There's no apocalypse song. Nobody dies in this album. Are you kidding me? There's like There are way too many people alive for for a Jurassic Park-themed album. Yeah, maybe someone dies in Jurassic Park. The narrator in Living in the Fridge could have eaten something in that fridge. And True. It's conjecture. There were, there were opportunities. You really <laughs> hate listening to Achy Breaky Heart? Prove it and kill yourself. That's what I want. All right, Jay. All right, so uh, we're we're in agreement on Bohemian Polka. I wasn't sure how you were going to feel about it because you surprised me with Hot Rocks, but we are on the same page. That does bring least, us to the end of the album. I think the overall consensus for both of us is is somewhat similar, that we're, we found it a bit lackluster. No, that's your consensus. My consensus okay. is I was so disappointed in this. <laughs> it was as if both my kids failed all of their classes, and that's oh. the level of disappointment this album hit me with. Like, all right, yeah, party. that's... That's stronger than than I feel about it by a bit. <laughs> That's only because you don't have kids, Jay. It's sure. Reason. Yep. I I don't have the mental capacity to understand deeper emotions because I know when to pull out. <laughs> All right. 
What say we we wash the taste of Bohemian polka out of our mouth with a nice Twinkie Wiener sandwich? ASMR segment where you get oh. to listen to us eat them. Oh, we're gonna chew right <laughs> into the microphone. <laughs> All right, Jay, do you have your ingredients to assemble? Oh, I sure do. So what I did is I have my Easy Cheese. I got the brand name because I go to good stores. All right, I got a Nathan's All Beef Frank over here because I don't mess around. I thought about it after. I was like, oh, I should have bought like a like a vegan or vegetarian dog because Al's a vegetarian. He would have never ate a beef hot dog. Right, I'm sure that's what it was. Yeah, in, or maybe in something completely. Different. I also got a Veggie Tales plate in honor of that, though. So <laughs> Veggie Tales, like the '80s cartoon, is that what you're saying? Uh, it was more a '90s, early 2000s <laughs> Christian youth thing. But yeah, yeah, the Jesus vegetables. That's what I'm about to eat this satanic sandwich off yeah, of. Yeah, and it smells like a like a like a basketball church league gym like snack bar. You know what I'm most worried about, Jay? What if I love this? <laughs> What if this flavor, because honestly, I've had a cheese dog corn dog, and it was very good, and this is not that. The cream is the only thing that worries me. It is a little weird. What if this is so good that I got to spend the rest of my life balancing not dying at 42 and also loving to eat canned cheese Twinkie dogs? I mean, canned cheese is pretty great. I bought some recently because my girlfriend's kids have never had cheese out of a can. And I'm like, well, what? You need to Man, I had it today on a Ritz. It's not bad. (laughs) It's pretty delicious. It's pretty good. (laughs) I mean, it's helped a bit by the fact that they perfected the cracker with the Ritz. Look at you, townhouse, still trying. Good for you. But yeah, I gotta give it I gotta give it to Cheese Wow. I don't know if easy cheese would stack up, but Now, did you? It's pretty good. So we we feel like you you thought that in the movie UHF, Al doesn't even cook the hot dog; he just takes it out of the. Fridge. Man, I'm pretty sure it comes right out of the package and goes in the Twinkie. That's wild. The way it's shot. So I I boiled mine, uh, and I also honestly that was the grossest part to me was the cold hot dog. Yeah, I mean, eh, it's just basically bologna essentially. But I also. I took I the Twinkies. Like I froze one and I put one in the fridge for a little bit just because I thought it'd be easier to cut it. Did you you got a room okay. temp Twinkie or what? A room temp Twink, yeah. So I'm putting it on top of there. Putting. We have pickle spears in my house right now. Do you think I should have one on the side? A little basket with a wax paper. I mean, after you try it OG UHF style, I would think it. I think a pickle spear on there would be amazing. I'm sliced up, ready to go. All right. I'm gonna easy cheese it right now. See if I can get some sound. You can't. No, there's no no sound that comes out of that at all. It's honestly terrifying how quiet canned cheese is. Yeah, there's no gas. I expected a nice satisfying whipped cream noise, too. You know what you get? Just your own shame for the fact that you're eating cheese out of a can. Yeah, kids, don't try and do whippets out of Easy Cheese, because you're going to go nowhere. <laughs> I'm gonna take Those a are picture. called Cheez-Its. I'm going to take Boom. a picture of my thing. Healthy slopping of uh, Easy Cheese on it. You ready? I did too. Yeah, I'm falling apart. Let's right, go. Let's do it. Mmm. ASMR. Dude, it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I like I'm this. I'm so sorry, everybody. I hate listening to other people eat. So when I listen back to this episode, first off, know this is torturing me. You know what's not torturing me? This is a good sandwich, dude. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> This is very good. I enjoy this thoroughly. <laughs> it's got the sweet of the Twinkie, like the savory of the meat and the cheese. This is delicious. Dude, oh no. 
This is worst case scenario is that it's <laughs> just good. I would eat another one of these if I had another hot dog already cooked. Dude, I'm joining the Clean Plate Club right now. <laughs> Honestly, why did I only cook one dog? Me too. I wish I had another one. I have two Twinkies sliced up, ready to go. <laughs> I know what I'm doing after this. After party at my house. Yeah, with a triple bypass ready to come by. <laughs> I gotta know, if we ever do get Weird Al on the show, I wanna know the origin of this. I don't know, but that really has a... Uh... Like a breakfast sausage with maple syrup kind of vibe going on. Yeah. It's just a sweet meat. It's not as weird. You've experienced something like this, and it's pretty good. Yeah, it's like got the same fried chicken and waffles with syrup kind of vibe, like the sweet, the savory. Salty and sweet. Yeah. I thought the hot dog flavor would be would be weird because it's such a distinct... No. Nothing tastes quite like that. It was That was good, man. Yeah, <laughs> you good totally snack. nailed it with the breakfast sausage. <laughs> Dude, you yeah. know it'd be great. You cook up some scrambled eggs and like make a little scramble with the whole thing, chop it all up, roll it together. Delicious. I can't believe what I'm about to say, but thank goodness we just ate that hot dog out of that Twinkie because it made my experience listening to this album end with a possum. <laughs> <laughs> I could not agree more, sir. <laughs> I don't remember a single second of Bohemian Polka anymore. I. I think it's because my arteries are clogging up as we speak, so we should probably wrap the episode before I keel over. All right, man. Bring us home, dude. Two weeks, we will be back. No one-year gap here. We are taking three years off, and when we see you again, we will be in the beautiful year of 1996 with the first Weird Al album that I ever bought. This is Bad Hair Day. We also have a special guest who you've heard mentioned previously on this show. Yeah, the, the author of the Bible. He will be here, Nathan Rabin. Assuming all Nathan Rabin will be our guest to discuss Bad Hair Day. Man, I am looking forward to diving into this album with you. So two weeks, uh, we will talk to you about that. As always, get at us on Instagram at Weird Albums and Twitter at Weird Albums Pod. Send us an email at weirdalbums at gmail.com. Give us and some encourage ratings. your friends to find us easier now on our own individual streams. You can continue to support us on the Masters of None stream because even though we crank out higher numbers than they do, they still deserve <laughs> your listens. They're, those boys are doing good work over there. And tweet us pictures of your Twinkie Wiener sandwiches. Hell I yeah. encourage you to try Challenge, this. baby. Have an insulin shot ready, but I encourage you to have a, a Twinkie snack. So good. All right, we'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Oh, God. making so much extra work for you on the editing room floor this week it's all to get back at you for that wonderful and god-awful impression you did of me in the last episode robert, robert de niro, de niro.